Welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming on my Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu, and joining me in studio for the first time in three weeks is uh, producer and co-host Alex Wong. What's going on, Alex, man? Hey. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the show. Happy New Year. You know, I've seen you a couple of times. Uh, happy birthday. Right. You're right, 30 right. now? I'm 30 now, yeah. You learned last night not to eat spicy food. We <laughs> yeah. went to Hot Pot, you know, pushed just, it a little bit. Just, uh, just Heidi Lau. Um, yeah, and shouts to Elaine and Trevor. Yeah, of course. Rock Asians. Rock Asians, man. Coming, yeah. It's coming soon. But Is um, it? Yeah. But you, you know, the spicy food didn't sit too well. Well, you, uh, as we know, when you say. when you go to Hot Pot, um, they give you the choice of the soup base. And they mm-hmm. have plenty of options. Spicy. It was, and and for me, I'm just like, look, what's the point of going to hot pot if we don't get at least like a medium spicy kind of thing? What's the point of going to eat if you're gonna suffer? Like, shouldn't you enjoy your food? No, um, it's, okay. it's all about uh, appreciating the culture, and obviously, in true okay. Chinese cuisine, you would have spicy hot pot. It's not even an option. It definitely yeah. has to be spicy. You guys went for just the pork bone broth, like very very chill. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, no, give me just give me the standard. Like, I didn't even ask for the super right. spicy because I know myself. I'm like, just give me the standard. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm down bad this morning. No, but, two uh, minutes yeah, in. Shout out to Heidi Lau, man. <laughs> Great location. Uh, yeah, in shows, all where, all the areas Heidi in Toronto where, where Asians are. Free promo. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, two minutes into the meal, it was like, yeah, this is this ain't it. Well, like, you guys were coughing. You guys were literally <laughs> the edges out of a meme the whole night. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was just like, yeah, this is, this, is, this is tasty. I've been telling people, you know, including Vivek Jacob, who's going to be joining us in the second segment for, like, a decade. Like, there's no point in eating spicy food. So that's like, that's the big adjustment in when you turn thirty. Like why? You gotta invest in some tums. Yeah, yeah. You, you know I always got tums on deck. <laughs> I don't know that you, <laughs> oh, you always have know? tums on deck. Oh, I got tums in my bag if you need, man. <laughs> Anyways, the Raptors are starting a six-game homestand yeah. tonight against Milwaukee. Uh-huh. Uh, Will uh, the streets are saying this is a, a do-or-die part of the season? The streets. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I guess the standings as well. Raptors are, are five games uh, under five hundred. I think less. Less about just where they can get in the standings. I think it's important just to see the next couple of weeks, like this team just trending upwards, like mm. outside of just wins and losses, right? Yep. Like I yep. don't want to be the wins and lessons guy. Shows to Ty Lu, but I think you just want to see encouraging signs and you want to see what this roster is, is about. And I think the front office and the head, you know, the coaches want to see that this team is moving in the right direction. Like I know the goals... These are very low goals at the moment, but I do uh-huh. feel like that's where the team is at right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's fair. I think last season, um, and I really dislike comparing to last season all the time because the goal of lot, this season was not to just replicate last season game for game, bar for bar, but it was like supposed to take a step forward, but clearly that didn't happen. No but bars this year. <laughs> last season, the, the Raptors had like two separate six-game win streaks that really helped oh. propel their sort of, um, you know, their, their season. Uh and yeah, I mean, if the Bucks don't have a lot of their guys, including Giannis, on a second half of back to back, and then it's the Knicks, and then it's the Trailblazers, it's the Hornets, the Hornets, the Hawks, and the Knicks, you know, um, the Bucks coming up, then the Timberwolves, like that's a stretch where the Raptors, if they were a good team, they would propel and get through the stretch, especially if they play with a sense of urgency, especially if they played with complete focus and everyone committed to their roles. Then yeah, I think that they can get through the stretch and 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 at least sort of get themselves even on the season. But I think, to me, it's just like, I don't even know what this specific stretch will show you as a front office, because I think oh. the Raptors have already shown themselves to be who they are. So right? you've seen enough. 
I think it's pretty clear what the season is right now. If Fred is not like fully healthy and if he can't mm-hmm. get back to anything close to fully healthy, then you have a real problem on your hands. You have no second option behind Pascal. Pascal's just kind of by himself out there. Scotty can kind of do it. He's he's playing point on offense a little bit. He's also screening a little bit. He's finding more of his role. We've had a lot of discussions about this. We don't need to go into too much more. Um, you know, the Raptors are starting back with their starting group again, which I, I do like. Ultimately, I do like starting your five best players. Gary's finding his rhythm, all that kind of stuff. But to me, it's just like you need a number two behind Pascal. And OG hasn't really shown that he can do that consistently, right? I thought even in that Pacers game, you know, Fred took a lot of the criticism. I thought OG could have done a lot better in that game, missed a lot of chances. Mm. Um, And yeah, for me, it's just like, unless that's solved and unless someone really steps up, and I guess there's a six-game stretch here where somebody to step up, but unless they show me that, then yeah, the season is kind of limited. Like one of the things I want to talk about with Vivek in the second half here is just sort of looking at the Eastern Conference and what's changed. And maybe the Raptors didn't change so much, as much as, like, the rest of the East got so much better. Because the way I'm looking at the Eastern Conference, a lot of teams jumped the Raptors, right? Last year, the Raptors were, ended up fifth in the season. Um, and now they're, they're obviously outside of even just a play-in scenario. We know they're better than that, at least. But for me, I'm thinking about, like, just how much the East has gone better. And, yeah, unless the Raptors have a second guy. Like, we have, like, I think in the league right now, there's something like almost 60 players averaging 20 or more points, mm-hmm. which is kind of an absurd number when you think about it, right? Because 20 points was always kind of like that plateau of, like, you you know you're one of those guys right when you're in that t- over the 20 point mark you're you're in considered for all star all that other kind of stuff there's 60 guys in the league essentially who are at that level and the raptors only have one you know like on average essentially that means two per per team and that doesn't mean that the raptors don't have guys who are close og's close fred's close gary might even be close of uh, top top of my head but like ultimately who is going to be that second guy for you and yeah unless the front office wants to go out and get that guy you know I think they've shown you what they've shown you. Yeah, who's going to be that second guy? Who's going to be your sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth guy? There is right? no tenth guy. Man. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of issues with with the roster. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. you know, one person who we might not be able to count on during this six game homestand is is currently under the Raptor show jinx, and that's our guy Malachi Flynn. Yeah, I mean, we we did pick the exact right time to to have Malachi for the interview. Mm. This um, was after the Clippers loss. Yeah. During the holidays. Yeah. And since then, in three games, he has six points on two of 17 shooting from the field, and he's scoreless in the last two games. So I think he's the first player to be officially under the Raptor show. Jinx. Is that a jinx? I yeah. Mean, what about Utah? His whole career here. <laughs> yeah, he, all yeah. he did was interviews with me, and uh, the, minute we, the minute we stopped talking about Utah. Hey, this guy's going off, man. Go that became him. Kevin Durant's sidekick, man. What is yeah. going on? It's tough. Send Kyrie to the podium. Anyways... Talking about last year, you know, one of the things that we did last year was we had, you know, Faisal Kamisa, Daniel Michaud in here, and we did a bunch of over-unders at the start of the season. Mm. And I don't know if you remember, you know, Squid Game was a global phenomenon at the time. Right, and, right, right. You know, this was before you you turned corporate and, and you showed I'm up. Like- and you showed up. It was also the birth of the Derek Brandale drops. And you yeah, showed and you showed up in cosplay. To the studio. Yeah, it was, you know, I don't think anyone really was convinced by that costume because uh, my, my, my squid play or my squid Your game squid costume. Play. I don't know, man. It was a long time ago now. Was just like one random Nike tracksuit and then yeah. like I, I stuck a number on it. I don't know. It wasn't very convincing. Yeah, you the, and Chris The really costume was just like... I was Asian and I was on the show. Yeah, that, anyways, that you know, we didn't, we didn't do any over-unders at the start of this season because, you know, you were busy vacationing and things. Mm. So I thought, 
you know, we could do some over-unders for the remainder of the season. Okay. So okay. I'll hit you with some of these. We're revising our expectations, man. I hate this. But okay. Revising expectations. I hate this. Plus, you know, you know, I, you know, I slowly descended into being a degenerate gambler uh, once again. So this is kind of on that track. <laughs> Wait, of... Hold on. Can I reveal what happened in the media room the last time we were there? What happened? Pre-game. We were in, watching Nick Nurse, the press conference. Oh, no, no, no. We'll leave that. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, that. shots to McCall Bridges. Leave that's that for all. the banter pod. Yeah. Anyways, here's your first over-under. Okay. <laughs> Let's try to reveal so much this week. <laughs> Number of trades at the deadline for the Toronto Raptors over under one and a half. And before you answer, so Michael Grange, um, you know, friend at Sportsnet, um, put out an article yesterday, just an update on the Raptors situation. And he said that uh, according to one league source who's been monitoring the Raptors situation closely, uh, he said, quote, Toronto is the first domino. What they do will affect teams all across the league, including Dallas, Phoenix, Lakers, Atlanta. Uh, not that it's about deals with any particular teams, just that people are going to wait and see what the Raptors do before they make their moves and that Toronto could set the market. Um, so over under one and a half trades. I'd say over. I'd say over. Okay. I think right now it's almost like you're being primed as an audience to like anticipate moves being happened. Not mm. and obviously like I don't think to be honest like they really need to treat it with kid gloves either, right? Like I think the situation is what it is. Um I think everyone understands how frustrating the season has been when they watch the product they understand that moves definitely need to be made. So I don't know necessarily they need to be primed in this sort of like very deliberate way, but I think it's pretty clear like you're going to make moves. At minimum, I think you'll probably see some minor moves. Like Otto Porter, for example. Can we can we move him back to the Warriors? Yeah, he's up next on the over-unders. Oh, but yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, Go fair on. enough. But my, my point is, like, yeah, I, I think you do need moves on this team. And, look, I'm not saying that there's not two kinds of moves, right, in the sense that you, you tank or you com- contend, right? I think, for me, I'm looking at a move where can you use this trade deadline period to realign your roster to address some of your weaknesses? And we've seen over time that the center position is a weakness. If they truly want to go centerless or whatever, then someone needs to emerge in that small ball center role. Is that going to be Scotty for you? Is that going to be, you know, I guess they've tried OG and Pascal in the past. I don't really think they're good options for that. Um, is that going to be precious for you? Is he going to be, for the rest of the season, continue to progress and get to the point where he's knocking on the door for starting again? Because that's where he ended up last season. And, of course, he took a step back. You need somebody to step up for you at center position. And then the new pr- problem this year is point guard. Right, like Fred was obviously very good last season, pretty good the years before that as well. But this season, his body is breaking down to the point where it's just like, can you actually move forward with him? Right, what is physically wrong? Can you get him to a point where we don't think about, okay, he didn't shoot, he shot three of fifteen again, but it was his back, it was his knee, it was this and that. Like, can we get to the point where he's playing consistently, where we're not constantly coming on here and talking about reducing his role, reducing his minutes? We're not having conversations about free Jeff Down because otherwise then we need to get a starting point guard as well. And so can you use this opportunity here to balance and build your roster? To be honest, for me, the Raptors' hardest part is done. You have a really, really talented player in Scotty, and then you have a number one option in Pascal. It's just about how to surround that and balance out the roster and getting guys to buy into the roles and guys who can service those roles on a fully formed basis. And so, yeah, 1.5 trades, I'm, that's, I'm taking the over on that. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think Rage's report is interesting too because I think a lot of teams are just waiting to see, you know, what the Raptors are, are actually going to do in terms of how many of the players they're willing to to make available, right? Because they certainly have a lot of attractive players that, you know, could could fetch a, you know, huge return if you're looking towards the future, you know, mm-hmm. in terms sure. of draft picks and, and young players. And I'm with you. And I think the other big question 
for this team is like when you start sitting down and thinking about it, and I've seen a lot of chatter about this too, is like, you know, when you sit down at the trade deadline, when you start thinking about what to do with the roster, mm-hmm. you know, should the only thing be in mind of, of building on, you know, Pascal's timeline in terms of building the best contending team around Pascal Siakam? Like, do yeah. you think that's, you know, the approach that this team should be taking? Because they do have a mix of, of, of you know, younger guys. And, yeah, you know, they yeah, could sure. still go in a direction where they could add, you know, more veteran pieces and win now pieces. So I think that's one of the big questions for them too, right? Um, you know, I was watching Pascal's, uh, media availability yesterday after practice. Mm -hmm. And to me, I think relative to the other Pascal press conferences, I thought there was a little bit more frustration. There's a little more annoyance and there should be annoyance. Understandable. That game against the Pacers, they should have won. Mm -hmm. Like they're supposed to be turning their season around. And that's not to say that like the Pacers are, 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 are an easy opponent and they should just roll in and beat them on the road. But my point is that, like, you know, if you're really turning the season around, you got to play with that urgency and finish out that game. And I see Pascal's frustration and his own message is, is just, I work really hard, we work really hard, and we just want to win, right? And, and can we get everyone committed to winning? And, you know, obviously he's not going to say everything that you need to say in that scenario or that he could say. But, like, the whole point is just, like, there needs to be that urgency to win. Like, if everyone on the team had that same commitment to improving themselves year after year the way Pascal does. And that's not like a subliminal on anybody. I mean, like everybody on the team Mm -hmm. can take a lesson from Pascal because he's literally one of the most improved players in the NBA from where he came into the league and where he is now. If everyone on the team took that same approach and had the same commitment to winning as Pascal does, the Raptors would be in a way better spot. So yes, they should build on his timeline. They should not just build on his timeline in the sense that you trade all your picks, but you need to at least put decent pieces around him. The fact that Pascal's never had a center around him after Mark and Serge left, like, it, it it sucks to see, right? Because it puts him in a position where he has to play center, puts OG in a position where he has to play center, puts Scotty in a position where he has to play center. We know none of those guys are true centers, right? And and those guys could pick up fouls and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's just to me, when you watch the games like the Pacers game where Pascal's excellent or you watch the game against the Clippers where he goes up against Kawhi and Paul George and he's by himself out there and he puts up 35 and it doesn't even matter, of course, that's frustrating, right? But that's where they got to continue to improve the roster. And, and more importantly, find them a number two, right? Because right now, like, I have no idea who that guy is on the roster. It might not be on the roster this season, at least. Yeah, you really hung up on this number two thing. But He's just right, alone. No, He's right. alone. I'm trying to fix six, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten as well. Um, Auto Porter next up over under Auto Porter's return date uh, over under March 1st. So uh, Otto's played eight games this season. Seems uh, high, actually. I'm going to need to see the tape on that. Mm. This doesn't pass the eye test for me. And then, as you mentioned on the show yesterday, Nick Nurse was asked for an update on, on how Otto was looking. And right. he said, not very good, basically. No update. So I think Otto was expected to return. Yeah. Well, I mean, part January. of that Grange piece that he put out on sportsnet.ca, he also talked about how there's a, you know, frustration around Otto, let's just say, around the team. And that they would obviously try to move on from him in the trade deadline. So that's another one where mm. it's just like, clear that situation is just not working out, not just because of the injuries. But I also think that like part of it is to me, the way I was thinking about it. And again, I remember when we had one of our goats, Andy Lou, come on the podcast. When we, when <laughs> the we signed. All right. Yeah, you're right. He's still eating spicy. <laughs> no, no, shout out to Andy Lou, man. No, he's going to Heidi Lau as well. Um, but he uh, he talked about how when the Warriors had Otto Porter last season, right? They managed his minutes. They managed his yeah. minutes. And what they did was that they kept them out of back-to-backs, mm. right? And you go back through Otto Porter's, um, you know, game logs from last season, 
he was able to play 60-plus games. He was able to play throughout the course of the, the playoffs and then the finals, including getting moments in the finals as well. So we know he's a capable player in terms of being able to play those games for you. But you also have to literally give him that Kawhi Leonard load management program, mm. right? And, you know, what's interesting because that idea came up to me because I looked at the eight games recently because I was also like, did Otto play for us, right? But then I went back and looked and it was like, yeah, of course he played for us. And in that stretch of eight games, two of those games, the Raptors played them on back-to-backs. Hmm. Now, of course, I understand the situation at that time was pretty dire. A lot of guys were sick. Pascal was was also out in that stretch. So you needed your vets to start for you. Some of these games, by the way, Otto Porter started two games for us, right? But he played two sets of back-to-backs. And then his body started breaking down. And it's just to me, I'm just like, if there was a working formula with the Warriors last year and then they didn't apply it this year, then, it, it, yeah, I mean, sometimes you, you come up snake eyes when you roll that dice. Ah, oh, love that. Yeah. Uh, actually, actually, let me revise this over-under then. A number of games Otto Porter will play for the Raptors for the rest of the season, over-under 0.5. <sighs> I can't believe this is... Believe 0.5? This, this is putting you to the test. How? I think he maybe come back some plays. I, actually, I don't know, to be honest. I would be really interested to see if he plays post-trade deadline, though, for another team. Just pretend if you have 200 bucks on this, man. What are you, what are you doing over-under on this? Under... Oh, that's wild, man. Uh, All right. Yeah. But um, anyway, listen, like, mm. it, it, it is what it is, you know? Um, it is what it is. Yeah. Up next, uh, number of pregame film sessions that Nick is going to uh, make us aware of for the rest of the season. Over, under, one and a half. So, so far, we know of uh, uh, Nick sat down with Precious for film before a game against Houston earlier right, this season. And right. Unfortunately, it was the same game where Precious got hurt. Yeah. And he also sat down with the entire team before their win over Phoenix last week to review tape of the Memphis game. And um, from Granger's article, too, he also said that Nick has been fully supported internally in in his recent decisions to come down harder on the team. Mm. And if anything, the hope that was it might have happened sooner. Yeah. So you would expect, I mean, Mm. this team has done everything, man. Like Fred's deleted his IG. They've had their team meetings, film sessions. I've heard Pascal talk about sticking together for like the last month. Like, can you go back to that well again, you know? Uh, I, well, I mean, I think Nick and, and, and funny enough, Fred also talked about it. Fred always talked about like, talks about it like he's one of the coaches too. But they had a discussion where they were just like, you know, you only have so many bullets that you can fire this season, right? <laughs> yeah, this Russian roulette this I, season. <laughs> yeah, it really does feel like it. Eh? Um, but, uh, and I think they asked Nick about it. And I think Nick said, I got lots of bullets. I got them he saved up from last year. Yeah, they said oh, he said bullets man. don't expire. Actually, go back and listen to that the interview. It's oh, very, man. very funny. Damn, um, Omar staring down brother Muzo, man. <laughs> he said these full fives beat a full house. Yo. <laughs> Iconic Omar line. By the, uh, way. by the way, catch Nick Nurse uh, tonight at 9 p.m. on CBC's uh, Pretty Hard Cases. I'm where catching Nick Nurse tonight at 9 p.m. at Scotiabank Arena. What play- are you talking about? Where he's man? playing a police officer. Well, that, that's yeah. Well, you that, know what's that, a pretty hard what case? He's been describing uh, <laughs> the pretty hard case is the is the this Raptors team, but I agree. Film anyway. session. Yeah. Okay. So um, one and a half seems high. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, look, I, I like the fact that you know I think Josh Lundberg also reported that the fact that you know Nick over the weekend sat down with coaches and players and went through some pretty intense meetings mm-hmm. and some of them were well received, some of them weren't well received. I'm sure you know like that that would be the universal reception. But to me, I'm just like, look, 
there's only so much that Nick can kind of say about this stuff. Like, like <laughs> yeah, having annual reviews with them, man, it's like, wild. No, it's no. I, I think there's, at some points, like you got to uh, get guys to buy into their roles and define their roles. Right. Sure. At the start of the season, it felt like free flowing. Everyone's kind of yeah. trying stuff out, and it's like this and this and this, and it's like okay, all right, like oh, she's trying to do some ISOs. It's just mm-hmm. like, is that is that? Do you feel like this team, team plays like, together? No. Right. No, I, I think no. that's the fundamental thing, and I know I don't think we dance around it. Like we talk about all the issues. Yeah. But the the eye test to me is just that, like, they just don't play together. And I think that no. goes back to what Pascal is saying about let's just all get on the same page and, <laughs> and, and prioritize the team. Like, uh, yeah, well, you know, I the, don't know. look, there's there's all sorts of stuff happening, right? There's there's contract years for guys, right, which I don't think is is a non-factor in this situation. You sure. have guys That's who, normal. who feel like they should take the next step, mm-hmm. right? And, and the reports are kind of what they are, right? Like, I think, you know, Scotty came into this year building off of a really strong rookie of the year campaign and thought he wanted to take a step forward, right? And mm-hmm. of course, a lot of conversation was sort of like, why hasn't that happened? What are the context around that? And again, you could put a lot of things around it, but ultimately, like he hasn't necessarily taken that step and we're hoping to see that happen, right? In the offseason, the conversation with OG was, okay, OG, you know, reports are that he might want a bigger role and, you know, you heard about trade rumors here, here and there. Ultimately, none of it came directly from OG, so he was able to disperse that. Remember in, on, uh, on on media day when he was just like, yeah, none of that was from me, so, you know, whatever, right? But at the same time, you do wonder, does he want a bigger role, right? And then, of course, Gary's on a contract year, Fred's on a contract year. There's just so many things where it's just like, again, when you have all these agendas, like, not even agendas, because that sounds really nefarious, mm-hmm. but when you have all these different incentives, right, you need, your co- you need your coach to really lay out and get guys to buy into roles so that they can win. The reason why these guys are going to get paid is because because they win more mm-hmm. than anything else, right? And I think that, yeah, I just want to see them sort of focus on getting the result collectively, buying into the roles. And listen, the praise is going to come. Like the Raptors fan base, if, if they go on a six-game win streak here, which obviously is a, is a, is a huge stretch here, Yeah, right? don't bet on it. I'm not betting on that either, by mm-hmm. the way. But um, yeah. if they go on this sort of like win streak, people are going to get back on the bandwagon. They're going to support the team. They're going to start pushing guys, right? But at the same time, for me, I'm just like, yeah, I mean, we got to eventually see that, right? The commitment has to be Raptors first, not like player agenda first, not like, you know, this guy first or this other guy first. It's just, it's got to be about the team. Yeah, it's know? like Paul Jones says, you know, uh, winning is the deodorant that fixes all this thing. So, how many sports employees are you going to mention today, man? I don't know. What, what's, 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 give this, me a Kyle Crabe quote at this Maybe point. this is my New Year's resolution. Yeah. Kyle yeah. Crabe quote, uh, thanks for your email, Alex. Uh, <laughs> That's a that's a quote from Kyle Crabe. It's more than I've gotten. Uh, let's see. So so you, so over under on the film sessions one and a half. Uh, I would still say over. I th- I think Nick is going to continue to to try to do this. And listen, okay. I, I think part of it too is just like you light the fire under guys and you see who can respond to that. And if guys can't respond to that, that's a big important like data point that you have as a front office in terms of evaluation. Because mm. ultimately they back Nick. Right? right. If anything, I think some of the reports were that they kind of wanted Nick to do this even earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Yeah. But of course, you got to be a little bit sensitive. And it's also earlier. I mean, some of the guys were out like like you can't really rip into the team when Pascal is out. Right. Like that's such a big part of the team. Missing. Sure. Or, or when, even when OG was out, that's a big part of the team missing or Scotty was out. That's a big team. That, but ultimately, yeah, you, you take this hard approach. And if guys either buy into that or they don't buy into that, then, of course, you can look at the situation and move on for certain guys who don't want to buy into that message. Yeah. You know, and that's why I said also over and under for the trades. I, t- I said over 1.5. Yeah. This All is right. basically like just like you either agree to this or you don't. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do one more. Okay. Um, total uh, regular season wins over under 40 and a half. So to get to last oh, year's 40 and a half. So to get to last year's 48 wins, the Raptors right now 16 and 21. The Raptors would need to go 32 and 13 to match last year's total. 
So I think that's out the window. That's out the window. I think. To get to 41 wins, they would need to go 25 and 20 the rest of the way. And your over-under is at 40 and a half. Um, if the team stays fully healthy, I think they're better than that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they actually can reach that mark. But also at the same time, you have to factor in they haven't got out west yet. Right, there's always going to be one long Western Conference road trip, and they're probably going to be at best like three and three on that, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Also, might I remind you, they still haven't won more than two games this season. In oh yeah, that's a big important <laughs> deal when you got to win three <laughs> out of every four games. Whole so. team's being right now. <laughs> and of course, you need the whole team to be healthy. Like you know, yeah. like even watching Precious come back, I'm like, wow, we actually really did miss that kind of energy and athleticism, mm-hmm. and just obviously that first thing he was super winded. Second stint, I thought he was doing great. Right, so. Realistically, is the whole team going to stay healthy? And is Nick going to play them all 45 minutes and, and try to, like, you know, get something out of this? I think they'll try, but... Um, three Raptors players yeah, ranked in the... Three Raptors players ranked in the top 10 in minutes per game right now, by the way. I'm not surprised. That's that's Nick's, this whole Nick's, that's Nick's calling card, man. Yeah, this is Burke uh, Kritika at the other sports network. Yeah, of course. But, like, I, I think... For me, it's just this like, that, 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 that's, that's his thing. Playing six guys to that's lose to the Pacers, though, is so sad. I know. Right? Like, even Fred, who obviously shouldn't have played that many minutes, not just because he wasn't performing well, and he was like, again, 3 of 15 is, is really nasty. And the fact that he's had so many of these stat <laughs> yeah, lines is a real problem. TJ, like, it's one of the biggest TJ problems TJ McConnell was cooking, man. They couldn't play any other guard out there. But it's also like, yo, <laughs> he just came off of back spasms. Like, there's got to be another way. Like, why is Delano in the G League if, if Fred's got back spasms? Like, that doesn't even make sense, but oh, you need as much man. bench depth as you need. For, then again, I, I don't know. If they didn't play Jeff Down either, then it's just like, what are you really saying? Yeah, yeah. but Jeff Down was nice in that fourth quarter against Memphis. Well, I mean, as I, you all told me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, listen, people are giving Malachi that first um, look here and just sort mm-hmm. of like he's getting that runway. And obviously, he played decently enough to get to that point. But when you see a game like that against Indiana, where, again, you, your urgency is to come in a win, your starters build you a double-digit lead, and then you turn it over to your bench, and the lead is immediately gone. And it's not just, like, everybody on the bench sucked, but, like, ultimately, the bench has got to come in and do something for no, you. No, man, they got outscored 54-7. to seven. They sucked. Yeah. Well, what can you do? <laughs> so, the, so we're talking about the, the starters have all these other issues, and then the bench sucks yeah. and all this other stuff. Yeah, 40 and a half seems ambitious, man. Yeah. It, feel, it feels ambitious. I, I know they're better than that as a team. But the way they're going this season. Do you season, know that? No. I do know that, man. man. I was trying to come in and make you feel better. My bad. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. These are some, these were <laughs> these the most optimistic over-unders. Sorry, man. Damn, that's a good to, number. Try. I think, you know, I'm still going to say over. I'm still going to say over. I still believe in this team. Yeah. yeah. You're, Ultimately, you're I, I'm Raptors, an optimist. Man. You're a Raptors fan at heart. No, man. I just believe in the talent. Like, the talent is good enough to win, four, like, to be a 500 team with this kind of talent. It's good enough, right? But can, can Fred stay healthy and, and finally start to make shots? Because people are losing their patience. Like, you saw Fred, like, tweet out dice emojis. Oh, yeah, three uh, dice emojis today. Which yeah. is, like, his, his his go-to. That's Nick Nurse playing a guy 40 minutes. His, his Fred actually <laughs> tweeting out three dice emojis. You know Fred's going through it. He's deleted. He unfollowed and, everyone on of IG. Of course, if he followed. Uh, now he's want, got do dice. Do you want to just read through his comments? No, like, I know I know what the comments crazy, look like. It's crazy, like, the amount of, like, people are just out on him now. Like, people are just straight up out on him. And I don't blame them either. Like, I get it. Like, as a, as a consumer of the product and as, as, as a fan of the <laughs> consumer team. Consumer drop. Like, mm. You can't watch 3 of 15 every single game. And no, it's not fair. every single game, but it's when it happens so often, mm-hmm. people are really going to key in on this. When you see the stats floating out there that he's got the worst field goal percentage in the league, mm-hmm. which I maybe it's true, maybe it's not true, but it's definitely really bad. Yeah, 37%. Right, 37% is really bad. Mm-hmm. And people start to get on him, right? People Like, I saw that he's going to be next on Old Man and the Three, and I, I like what, listening to Fred on podcasts, right? I, I think he's a good speaker. 
But when you see the reviews on that, it's also just like straight up all pure negativity. Yeah. That's what this... And that's I mean, just what this, just this whole fans. situation has come to. No, that's not just fans, man. People are fed up. People are always fed up. People are always fed up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll get Vivek Jacob on the line when we come Can't back. Can't wait. Then. Big B got a great story on Christian Coloco, one of the positive stories this season. Oh, yeah. That was super cool. Everybody should go check that out. So, we'll we'll see that. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. I've been your host, Willu. That's Alex Wan. You're listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Walu. I continue to be joined by Alex Wong, and we are joined on the line by Big V, Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com. Big Jake, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Why you had to do me like that? <laughs> Big Coco, man. How's that Coco bubble tea, bro? <laughs> it was good. It was good. Thumbs up. Thank you for the gift card. Are you ready to enjoy um, 40 more of these? What was your specific yeah. what was your specific order, may I ask? We gave him a lifetime <laughs> supply of cocoa. <laughs> yeah, for context, we gave via a hundred dollar gift card to Coco for his birthday. Yeah. What was your order then? Um, no, honestly, I that was my first time there, so I went super basic. I just got, you know, regular uh bubble tea and it was <laughs> Okay. I, I asked them if they ha- have honeydew, which is my favorite. Oh um, they didn't. So, really? An Asian place doesn't yeah. have honeydew. Learning we're trying, so we, much we're about your, first. your bubble tea interests. Damn. All right. We'll just get um, so, into so some So then honeydew I was like, you know time. what? Just hit me with the basic. <laughs> wow. This guy said a double-double, please. boards. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we did learn last week at the arena, too, that Matt Devlin's never had a bubble tea. That's right. Because I, I came to the arena, and I was wearing a, a, a bubble tea uh, pin mm. on my sweater. And we were talking to Matt. And as always, Matt, you know, every time he sees me, he's like, are you okay? Uh, he just, he literally genuinely comes up to me, puts his hand on my shoulder. Yeah. And he's like, son, are you all right? And when you say you are, he's like, no, you're not. I was like, yeah, like, life's fine, man. He's like, he's like, you're not. You're not. Fine. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. The Raptors have lost three straight, man. And he's like, are you okay emotionally? Like, you know, are you still going to do your job, Will? Like, and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I love it. You know, but um, no, and then at, at the end of it, he was just like, why are you wearing a milkshake? On your <laughs> he called shirt? you a milkshake duck. And I was like, no, it's it's a bubble tea. It's a cultural thing. So, so yes. yeah, next time he's in studio, we're going to get him a bubble tea. Right. We're going to send him a whole menu. So, so you're saying double, double. I got to take uh, Matt to Coco, uh, use yeah. that gift card. Yeah, you guys should make that happen. Yeah, how, how did they receive it when you when you said, I'm going to pay with gift card, please? When they were like, Mas- a Visa or, or, or MasterCard? Or you know, like, they called the headquarters oh. in Asia, man. They were like, sir. <laughs> No, they they straight up looked at me like, how did you get one of those? <laughs> uh, um, that's crazy. But then it worked. So yeah, like, they even right, take Alipay. So <laughs> that's wild, man. All right. Anyway, what are you guys talking about? Okay, V. So this is one of the things soccer. I want to talk to you about. Uh, no, we're not talking about soccer today, unfortunately, because <laughs> Liverpool look like just trash, and, and United are somehow back this year. Um, 
we are going to talk about how the Eastern Conference, right? And I think one of the big differences, we've been focusing obviously so much on the Raptors side of it. But for me, I'm thinking about mm. there's a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference that have gotten better from last season, either through development or through offseason additions. And to me, I'm looking at it like maybe the Raptors didn't get so much worse than last season. I mean, I think they are clearly playing worse than they were last season. But part of it is also just other teams in the conference have surpassed them. Like, for example, a team like Brooklyn, right? They've already been swept by Brooklyn. Last season, they were 2-2 two and two against Brooklyn. So there you go. There's already two games right there additionally that you're under already just at this point mm-hmm. in the season. But, you know, when I'm looking at teams in the East who have surpassed the Raptors in the offseason, either through development or through additions, for me, I'm looking at three teams, and I want your thoughts on those three teams. For me, the first one is the Brooklyn Nets, who are the hottest team in the NBA right now, going for, I think, 12 or 13 straight wins tonight. Um, yep. You know, they got Ben Simmons healthy, which is a big thing. They got Steve Nash replaced with Jacques Vaughn, and honestly, Jacques has done a really great job with that, that club, and clearly they weren't responding to Nash, so that's an upgrade. And then they got marginal upgrades around the roster, but that really helped redefine who they are. Utah Watanabe, obviously, um, Royce O'Neal, and then even TJ Warren. These are all offseason additions that are to bring in all these wings. And to me, you're like, who knows where Brooklyn ultimately ends up in the playoffs? But right now, they're looking like literally one of the best teams in the in the league just based on how well they've been flowing. Do you agree with that assessment of Brooklyn? And also, do you see Brooklyn as now clearly ahead of Toronto, not just now, but even going forward? Well, I mean... I don't know about the going forward part, but because it feels like the Nets are always one, you know, breaking news story away from catastrophe. So mm. uh, I, I will say they're definitely better now. And, you know, looking at this season, you'd have to put them ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll also throw Nick Claxton in there. He's having an awesome season for them. And, you know, there were some rumors about the Raptors trying to get Nick Claxton at the deadline last sure. year. Um, that didn't pan out. That would have been uh, worth four wins this season, by the way, just saying. <laughs> And, you know, the biggest point you made is Jacques Vaughn. I think he's come in and he's uh, made a real defensive emphasis and he's brought a real togetherness to that group, which is something you would not have associated with the Nets before that point. And they're playing great basketball. They're, you know, as good as anyone in the East right now, because especially when you look at the Bucks and Celtics, you know, they're both five and seven over their last 12 games. Mm. Robert Williams physically is not looking great. Um, although, you know, at the end of the day, you'll still put them in the top three teams. Sure. But, yeah. you know, that's a concern. Uh, Middleton's health, I think, is a big issue for the Bucks. You know, he was amazing on that championship run. Then he goes to the Olympics and wins gold, and his body just has not been the same after that, right? And mm-hmm. so I think that that is a major concern for them when you're looking at the postseason because we already saw last postseason – you know, as great as Giannis was, it wasn't enough in the end. And so they need Middleton to be healthy. Yeah. No, uh, honestly, Brooklyn is looking really, really good right now. And especially just the level which Katie and Kyrie are playing at. I mean, I, we know, obviously, they're great players. They're championship players. They're Hall of Fame players. Some of the greatest of all time. But um, mm-hmm. th- they're showing you that level on a nightly basis. Uh, and yeah, we've seen the Raptors play their very best games against Brooklyn and it still doesn't really measure up, right? Obviously we saw Kyrie with the game winner as well. So, um, right. Brooklyn has definitely surpassed the Raptors. Cleveland has surpassed the Raptors. Now Cleveland and the Raptors were kind of, Cleveland was ahead of Toronto for most of last season. If you remember, then Cleveland had a lot of injuries towards the end, especially with Mm -hmm. Jared Allen, who was anchoring their whole defense, him going down, the Cavs really slipped down the stretch. Meanwhile, the Raptors really surged down the stretch that really helped propel, 
um, both the rookie of the year race to sort of flip narrowly in, in Scotty's favor, but it also helped the Raptors overall flip positions with Cleveland in the standings. Toronto ended up avoiding the play-in and finishing fifth. Cleveland ended up going to the play-in, and then they ultimately lost two games, um, and they were out of the play-in, right? So, um, and they didn't make the playoffs at all. This season, they make the trade for Donovan Mitchell, which the Raptors are also apparently involved in. They didn't really go that far down the road, it seemed like. Um, but when you see what Mitchell's been doing this season for them, 30-plus points per game, obviously just scored 71 in a game, including some true heroics uh, to yeah. force overtime and then, of course, to, to close out overtime as well. Would you agree that Cleveland has also surpassed the Raptors definitively? I would not say definitively, only because I think when you look specifically at the Raptors-Cavs matchup, I think the Raptors actually would like that. I think if there was any way for the Raptors to sort of get to that <laughs> six or five seed and face off against Cleveland, that is probably the one matchup they'd look at right now and say, mm-hmm. yeah, we like our chances. We'll take our chances. But, um, you know, in, in terms of just overall standings and, you know, you look at the depth and the different options they have to sort of carry their team now, like, you know, the fact that Darius Garland was as out, was out for as long as he was, and then you can still rely on Donovan Mitchell and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, like, those are big pluses that come in now, right? Like, and then you throw in, you know, what Kevin Love brings you off the bench, uh, Karis Levert um, as well. I think the one big weakness, of course, you look at is the wing position. And in the playoffs, if they're going up against, say, a Brooklyn or Milwaukee or Boston, and you have to contend with the likes of Kevin Durant and Giannis and uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. We've seen those problems be exposed against the Raptors specifically, right? And so I think that is still an issue for them where, you know, you might even kind of look at them as you would like the Raptors of the past, right? Like that early We the North era where they can get Mm -hmm. these nice regular season win totals, but I still have questions about them in the postseason against the the really top-tier teams in the East. No, that's fair. That's fair. But I I think... Looking at Cleveland this year, them being 24 and 14, there's a cohesiveness about them, right, where everyone sort of understands their role. Obviously, Donovan's coming and being the number one guy. They've accepted that. Obviously, he's flourished in that role. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think the wing problems are definitely legit. As you mentioned, like, you know, the Raptors beating them three times is pretty telling on that front. Um, but they probably have eventually an avenue to get to that last piece. Um, maybe not to, like, get to, like, a super great, like an OG Anobi type of three, which I think will complete their whole core. But yeah. uh, another type of player who can kind of play in that role for you, and if they get that, then I think they're they're. they're I mean, I already think they're ahead of the Raptors, but um, yeah, for me, like that that would help them a lot in the playoffs. Um, Indiana, just quickly, yeah, go ahead. The one big thing I, I will say is like that ability to close games that Donovan Mitchell has given them. Like they are six yeah. and zero in overtime, right? And the Raptors are one in six in games de- decided by three points or fewer. So that's a, a pretty big swing there when you're looking at records and mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, at this halfway point of the season, that's something, you know, we talked, we've talked about the Raptors half court offense a ton. And when you come down to the, the stretch of games and you need to, you know, be able to get a quality shot off. And, you know, we saw Blake Murphy put up that stat of how often the Raptors are taking shots in, you know, that zero to four seconds on the clock and how much that impacts uh you know your field goal percentage 
those are things that the Raptors need to address while the Cavs have quite a few reliable options. Mm. Okay. All right. I, I would still say they're they're definitely ahead. What about Indiana? Indiana, I mean they're coming I think up. I'm still they all are a lot yeah, of good young guys. They have a lot of good young guys. We saw that they play with great pace, great energy. Tyrese Halliburton is awesome. Looks like one of the best point guards in the in the league for years to come. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's going to be about how they build around him now going forward. Uh, the big thing to me with them is obviously we know what Miles Turner brings to the table defensively, but he's made a leap offensively, right? Like I think when you looked at the last few years of his career, he was always averaging like 12, 13 points. And, you know, his three-point percentage wasn't great, always around like 33, 34, sometimes 35. Mm-hmm. And this season, he's up to almost 17 points a game. He's shooting 40% from three. He's getting to the line a career uh, high amount, uh, just over four a game. So I think that improvement, again, I credit a, a lot to Tyrese Halliburton as well mm-hmm. because of the way he operates with bigs. Like when he was in Sacramento, the chemistry he had with Rashawn Holmes was amazing. Right. And and he's kind of brought that now with Miles Turner as well. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think for me, Indiana is like, they're definitely on the upswing, um, but I, I still would probably put the Raptors ahead of them. Obviously, the Raptors have lost twice in Indiana. I'm very cognizant of that fact, including the most recent game, and I've praised their you mm-hmm. know, performances, of course. But I, I do think that in a seven-game series, even the way the Raptors are right now with some issues, I, I do think they should be ahead of a team like Indiana. But Indiana does look ahead of schedule. They're definitely on my radar. And honestly, they make one or two more moves to sort of address sort of the... Obviously, their guard position is pretty set. But if they got some like really, really talented wings in there as well, that's a team that I'm really worried about. Philadelphia and Toronto were actually fairly close last year in terms of just like, you know... Um, just the record-wise, I think the Raptors only had, like, two fewer wins than them in the regular season. Obviously, the playoffs, they played a six-game series. Um, you know, I, I think Philadelphia was definitely ahead of the Raptors last year, just especially based on the playoffs. But to me, I'm looking at Philly this year, rebuffing some of their depth. And even with several guys being out for them this season, they're still be able to be pretty successful and remain yeah. in a really winning position. For me, that's also a team that's ahead of Toronto. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Philly real quick. Yeah, no, I, th- I think Philly is a team that's better than their record to this point. Obviously, they had to deal with the James Harden injury. Then they had to deal with the Tyrese Maxey injury. And so now, being fully healthy, they have the potential to go really go on a run here. The DeAnthony Melton signing has been huge for them. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the moves that Philly made. And I think they are a team. If, if I had to pick one team that's going to creep into the top four, potentially the top three, mm-hmm. it'll be them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, look, that that to me leaves five definitive teams ahead of Toronto, right? Boston, uh, Milwaukee, which we didn't even mention, but obviously we know. Um, mm-hmm. Brooklyn, Cleveland, Philadelphia. And then you get yeah. into this mix where it's like, okay, Indiana's currently in that sixth spot. Miami's coming on strong. They started the season really poorly. They're starting to play more up to their potential. Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo have been really great. You know, I would say last season, obviously, in, Miami was ahead of Toronto, but this year, you know, they started off a little bit poorly. Toronto actually started better than them, but right now they're in a much stronger position than Toronto is. New York is fairly competitive, although that, to me that's a very 500 team. Atlanta is under 500 now. They seem like they're going to collapse, so maybe we'll put them below Toronto. But to me, it's just like the only teams that have really dropped this year 
are the Raptors and Chicago and Miami. And meanwhile, you have some other teams that are really starting to replace them. And so when you're thinking about like making trades at the deadline in terms of how to build or even moving forward, because I think this, the same top of the conference is going to be the same next year as well. When you're thinking of building next year, like that's what you have to ultimately go into and beat. Like you have to beat one of those five teams, Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philadelphia, just to even win one round in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? And so when you think about that, V, like, is there, is, does that kind of inform which direction the Raptors should go at the trade deadline here and also beyond? Well, I think the big thing when you look at this season and you're assessing the Raptors outside of Pascal, Siakam, and OG Ananobi, mm-hmm. um, the internal development has not been there, right? And I think that is something that they usually bank on, that they can usually count on. Um, and it and it hasn't been there. We'll, we'll see how Precious Achua looks now that he's back. Mm. Obviously, you know, when you came into this season, the two big storylines as far as, you know, progressing to a next level, it, yep. it was Scotty Barnes and Precious Achua. And uh, I think those two, obviously, there's still plenty of time to make that narrative work. But to this point, you would say that it hasn't worked out. Um as much as they would have liked. Mm. And then, you know, you throw in the one free agent signing that they had in Otto Porter Jr. Oh, come on, not... man. Don't forget about Wancho. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, with Wancho, I think he's probably, you know, with the playing time he's got, he's probably exceeded expectations. But in terms of, uh, you know, serious contributions to the roster, serious impact on winning, uh, Otto Porter Jr. has not been what the Raptors would have hoped mm. uh, up to this point. Um, and so on both sides, in terms of the off season, uh, internal development signings, it's been a failure. And so I think that's where all these other teams have maybe gained that advantage, um, and, and moved ahead. So I think the Raptors, uh, because it's an internal development thing, they'll be, they'll continue to preach patience and say that uh, there's still time left in the season. But I think as everyone is saying uh, that time is now, and if it doesn't happen in, you know, say the next eight to 10 games, like if you only win, you know, two or three out of the next 10, mm-hmm. then I think that pretty much determines exactly what needs to happen this season. Fair enough. Big V appreciate you read your uh, feature on Christian Coloco was really great. Great tidbit in there about Bismack Biombo. Um, yeah, you know, your man, your reporting's you know top notch, man. Yeah, watch V report that in real time, man. You did? Yeah, you weren't. Were you at the Suns game? I was at the Suns. Oh game. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. You were actually working though, like React Pod and stuff. Never mind. Oh okay, all right. Well, no, seriously, it's a great, great, great. No, show us the V, man. Tier one. Can I can Mr. I tease the OG thing or can I? Do I just got to keep it on the wraps for now? <laughs> Why are you trying to snitch on everyone this <laughs> week? It, I'm let, trying to plug things, man. Are things let's, not let's maybe save it for another week? Okay, okay. Their uh, names are. Oh, no, it's, it's coming up, man. I can't, I can't wait for that one. All right, V. Appreciate you. All right. Congrats on United. Maybe being top four this year. I mean, yeah, all that stuff. All right. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> what? Hey. Last bit of positivity on the Raptors that yeah. I'll leave you with, yeah. because I I know uh, even towards the end of the first segment, Alex was just going off. Yeah. Um, the Raptors have played twenty five games against plus five hundred teams and twelve games against sub five hundred teams. How many of those are plus five hundred because of the Raptors? <laughs> anyway, no, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you, V. You I know, hear you. the schedule might get easier. I agree. It's like they had one of yeah, the harder. Doesn't schedules, matter if the schedule gets. Listen, easier, man, man, it's not about the opponent in front of them. Better. It's about the man in the mirror. All right, V. Whoa. Thank you. All right, and uh, yeah, Alex.
It's time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. There's a whole new game. The line for tonight's game at Bet Rivers is Raptors minus five, and it's climbing, by the way, in the Raptors' favor. So, um, yeah, why do you think that is? Yeah, it's climbing. You know, the first injury report for the Bucks today has uh, pl- a couple of players on it. Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton listed as out, along with Joe Ingles and George Hill. As of now, Giannis is not on the injury report. He's coming off a career high last night, 55 points in a win over Washington. It's got to be 70 to, to move me <laughs> these days. It's got to be 70 or a 60-point triple-double. Yeah, man. yeah, 55. Nothing else moving me, man. Yeah, 55, 55 yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's nothing. You know, Lowry Markkinen could do that, but... <laughs> he probably wouldn't do that this week. He probably already did last night. I got to check. But, yeah, keep an eye on, on the injury sure, report. Yeah, the last yeah. time the Bucks had a back-to-back in, in early December, Giannis did sit out one of the games. Mm. So, we'll see. Um, and that's why the Raptors are favored. You would think the Raptors should just one of these. This should be one of these games where they just take care of business. If Hello. there's a shorthanded Milwaukee Bucks, no, like this the is the Wisconsin herd tonight, man. No, forget the shorthanded Milwaukee Bucks and all that kind of stuff. The Raptors have matched up really well with Milwaukee over the years. Okay. They have matched up really well with them. Even in years, like, even in the Tampa years, they were able to beat Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. But they have to show that commitment to playing together as a team, showing that commitment together to defend. And... You know, if they do that, they can compete. They can beat Milwaukee. One of the big turning points last season was the Raptors going on the road and beating Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to need to see them do that. And if, if that's if that's how they want to move the season, if that's really about like put up or shut up kind of time, mm-hmm. I'm taking the Raptors. Okay. So yeah. your pick is the Raps. Yeah. It's, am I five. actually going to put real money on that? Probably not. <laughs> but my confidence is on the Raptors. No, that's all good. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully Giannis plays my nephew's uh, first Raptors game tonight. I don't yeah. want them to see the Wisconsin herd. They're going to come out of it no, being like, Bobby Portis is my favorite player. No, also, man. They're going to see a Tenacumpo. <laughs> oh, they're going oh, to get a nothing burger. Um, Serge Ibaka also returning. He, he did come back last season, but it was in front of an empty arena with, with the Clippers. Right. Didn't they show the tribute video too? They did show the tribute video. Can we run the tribute video again, but so with they fans, sh- They should run the tribute video again. So hopefully yeah. there's something there for, for Serge yeah. tonight, a fan favorite. So Raptors minus five. That was between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Yep. Bit of an angsty show today. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you know, you set the tone, and that's the tone right now. So it's all good, man. No, listen. Just stop snitching. It's just got to keep winning. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No no more snitching. All right, that does it for us today. I'm in your host, Will Lou, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe, and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks once again to producer and co-host Alex Wong. Thanks to Big V. Thanks to our board producer, Derek Brandale and Jennifer Olnick for helping us with the YouTube stream. And we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.